Question. Have you ever had an idea for a product that you know would sell because it simply solves a problem? Well, if so, my guest today, Joanna Ryan, is an ideal bucket list careers listen for you. Welcome back. I'm Crystal Laurie. So like many brand managers, Jo always dreamed of starting her own business. And she said over the years, she had lots and lots of really dumb ideas until it clicked. Once her fourth child started preschool, the journey began to her multi-million dollar business, Soggy Doggy. It's a cute name, right? The first inventory purchase Joe made came from liquidating a $4,000 pension fund from her old job because she never wanted to dip into the family savings to do this. But turns out she wasn't the only dog owner annoyed by messy, wet paw prints. With my two rescue dogs, I've definitely dealt with that frustration. And her simple idea, what she calls sort of silly, well, it struck a nerve, as evidenced by domestic and worldwide sales spanning the last 11 years. In this episode, we're getting into how she built it and how this entrepreneurial mom fought back when faced with a couple of guys who tried to knock off her original soggy doggy doormat and threatened to put her out of business. Yeah, that didn't happen. Let's introduce you to Joe now. I know you're going to love her and get a lot out of this. Joe, I'm so happy we got this on the calendar. I've known you for years socially. I think our kids even went to preschool together. Was it like 15 years ago? I don't want to date us, really. I know. <laughs> it's yes. been a while. And welcome to Bucketless Careers. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Since you started your soggy doggy company, I've always felt I've never had enough time. You know, we've seen each other, like I said, socially, to dig into your story. And so here we are, you know, you're clearly living your bucket list career dream gig. Your company is, I think, 11 years old now. Congratulations on that professional accomplishment. I want to start there. Thank you very much. I know I, sometimes I can't believe it's been that long. It feels like yesterday that I was basically living 20 hours a day in my bedroom, in my house when my kids were downstairs and I was working around the clock trying to get this business going. I believe it. And yet it's been 11 years. So let's go back to those origins, because that's what this is about, how you evolved into this. You were a brand manager before. You did tell me that you had lots and lots of really dumb ideas before you came up with this. Over the years, yes, I had many, many ideas. Some really dumb. Yeah, probably most of them really dumb. What do you think was your dumbest? <laughs> the Hillary Clinton headband. <laughs> That's right up there. That's right up there. But you always felt you had something in you. What was the moment where you came up with the actual mat? Well, stories on my website are true. I did have four young kids. I had this puppy dog, young dog, that the kids would let in. And I would say, wipe his paws, wipe his paws before you let him in. And he'd come in and with wet paws and all kinds of crap. And everybody would chase each other around. And <laughs> there were always wet paw prints on the floor. And I really did go to the store and say, okay, let's find a doormat for this dog. And there was nothing. Nothing. So we had towels by the back door. We had multiple mats, but they all got smelly. Totally. And I just thought, why is there nothing for my soggy dog? <laughs> and so then I started joking about, oh, I need a soggy doggy doormat. My friends were like, oh, is this like the Hillary Clinton headband? Or <laughs> no. In fact, one of my other ideas that I actually put sort of further down the pike, I called it Grime Away. And it was a wipe for the inside of your car window while you're driving. You get that glare on the window and you can't see. Uh. Mm, silly idea. But I got pretty far down the pike with that one. Never did it. Oh, you did. And then I saw, 
an ad for it somewhere. Someone else did it. You know, a big company did it. They, they didn't call it Grime Away, but it was the same idea. Right. And at the same day, I saw an article in the Wall Street Journal about the pet market. How it was the recession, the pet market had grown 5% despite the pet the recession. And I thought, yeah, okay. Maybe all your dumb ideas aren't that dumb. Let's do some <laughs> Well, you were on the track with cleaning up the mess, right? Mm-hmm. But you refined it, obviously. And I know you spent a couple of years developing the product. So talk to me about how that works. And, you know, two years is not an insignificant amount of time. A lot of people might just throw in the towel. How'd you overcome the challenges there? I don't know. I, I think it's a personality trait. I think it's a stubbornness mm. and a determination, probably. And probably my husband would say that works against me sometimes. But uh, <laughs> yeah, the first prototype I made, I did. I went to the local hardware store. I got the Sham Wow microfiber that you've probably seen advertised on late night TV. I had foam. I had a no slip backing. I took it to the tailor across the street. I said, oh, put wow. this together for me. I brought it home. I put it down by the door, grew the dog in the backyard, and, you know, let's go, let's try it. The dog came in, took one look at the thing, wouldn't walk on it, wouldn't step on it, jumped right over it. The kids were laughing at me. Oh, that's interesting. So you had to find something that was also appealing to the dogs to step on. That's something I didn't even think about. Yeah, neither did I. So how many iterations did you have of this thing? There were a few, like that one was rock bottom. That one was really bad. And that's when I realized, okay, dogs really are picky about the tactile sensation. And so then I was at a car wash and I saw this material that they were using for car detailing. And so it was sucking up all the water. It wasn't scratching the surface. So I bought a couple of the myths they were using called the beauty of the internet. I ended up tracking down the company that had imported these myths and I pretended to be a teacher. And I said, <laughs> I need rolls of this for a craft project we're doing in our classroom. Can you get that for me? And he said, oh, let me think about it. And then he called me back and he said, I'm not doing that for you. Oh, you're kidding. Okay. I didn't even know what to call the material. I had no textile background. I had worked in personal care products, shampoo, hair color, and body wash. So I, I knew nothing about textiles. So I didn't even know what to call the microfiber chenille when I was Googling, trying to find it when I was calling. So then from there, once I knew what what to call it, I used the internet and I looked for factories in the U.S. And I called so many different factories. I didn't know how to specify the weight, the GSMs. I, I didn't know any of the technology that's used. And finally, a factory in South Carolina, the guy said to me, honey, there just ain't no manufacturing like this here. You're not going to find it here. You got to go overseas. So from there, I discovered Alibaba.com. Oh, okay. And that's why this all took so long because I had to, I started trying to find a domestic manufacturer, couldn't do it. So then I had to get on Alibaba and be dealing with Chinese manufacturers. So 12 hours time difference. So I was doing this in the middle of the night, trying to speak to them. Otherwise, days go by while you're exchanging emails from everybody's working hours. The language barrier was an issue with the fact that I still didn't exactly know how to specify what I was looking for. So you just had to get creative and persistence. That's clearly a theme here that I'm detecting. Uh, And then once you had your finished product, you had to actually just go start selling it. 
And I know that you just started to drive around as far as you could go during the pickup hours after you dropped your kids at school. And then you had to finish up before you went to pick them up from school. So I love that story, too. Do you think that you would do things differently if you were starting your company now with e-commerce as opposed to the way you were targeting stores and retail? Doing this for 11 years, I've definitely seen a huge evolution in the way I've lived it, the way that we as Americans buy consumer goods. Sure. When I started, the world was still sort of 60, 75% brick and mortar. Right. that, That was right. It was the big box stores were sort of the big threat to independent retail, to small business. And in that time, the world has shifted to online. And I think that shift that was sort of, it was happening anyways, with the majority of sales, at least these kinds of consumer product was being done online. The pandemic really pushed it over the edge. That was it. Oh, yeah. So you've seen a big change also in terms of where you're selling? Yeah. What would you say the percentages are now since the pandemic? When I first started the business, I would say almost 80% of my sales were brick and mortar, either to small chains of pet retail stores or independent stores, home goods, hardware stores, that kind of thing. Yeah. And a little bit of Amazon, a little bit of my own website. And then with the pandemic, by the time we got to 2020, I would say we were at about 55% online selling Amazon through other pet online sites. Yeah. And the pandemic, once everyone got sent home in March, that was it. Now, 80%, 75% of our sales are online. That's fascinating. But what's interesting is that once the world opened up again last summer, yeah, brick and mortar started to come back. The well-run stores, retail stores, they were back because I do think it's human nature to want to get out and see and touch and interact live, not just on a computer screen. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So you're seeing somewhat of a, of a shift back, but you're up to about 64 different SKUs in terms of products, both online and yeah. in brick and mortar domestically and internationally. That's, it's pretty incredible. And you have a warehouse in Waterbury, Connecticut. And I know that you employ mostly moms who work virtually for you, which I love. Mm-hmm. Tell us how that virtual staff model is going. You know, it's funny that we sort of worked pandemic style before the pandemic. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah. This is how I've been running the business since 2011. I mean, initially, it was just me doing everything. And then I literally ran out of hours in the day. I was even doing fulfillment out of my basement and then out of the storage center. And that was the first thing I did was fulfillment. And I worked with various size warehouses and fulfillment centers. But since then, I've had some local partners, women, who also had kids and were balancing, trying to make some money and have something outside of their families to focus on and just wanted to work and work flexibly. So I've had a a few women work with me to help with the order processing and management. And they work from home. I don't care what hours they work. Isn't that great? And social media as well. I was just about to ask you that because I'm a social social media media. manager too. and. Well, she was in Seattle. And then I've got somebody who works for me, an editor in Maryland, and it works fine. It works fine. We drop files in a Google folder. We're constantly in communication. So it's great to see, of course, entrepreneurs like yourself, like promoting the flexibility that, that actually you were trying to achieve. Yes, exactly. What's next for the company? Well, it's interesting. So we've expanded from doormats to 
towels to crate pads to beds. We make placemats. And, you know, a lot of that was driven by my old dog, his buddy. He was the original soggy dog. <laughs> and now we have a new dog. We have Clyde, the sheep doodle who is a very different temperament and very different. His mess is different. Okay. Yeah. He's a singular mess. And so, (laughs) yes, he's got a particular kind of mess. And so he has definitely inspired me to look at products in a different way. You understand mess by through the lens of your dog. Very true. Our old dog would go outside, his paws were wet, he'd come in and he needed the doormat. Clyde, the doormat, (laughs) doesn't even begin to address the mess of Clyde. Clyde is your muse. Clyde is my muse. He's my new muse. You know, he's definitely, we have, we do have some new products with prototypes coming in the next few weeks. So we'll be testing those and see where we go. All right. We'll have to keep our eyes out. It's exciting. You're building the momentum. If you actually had to give your biggest piece of advice, your biggest nugget of wisdom for people that are like you thinking about something, a concept for a business, very close, just not there yet to pull the trigger, what what would that advice be? I think you have to go with your gut. I think you have to go with your gut. I Hmm. think, I think a lot of the times our guts know before we do. I I think sometimes you just have to go with your gut. If your gut is telling you that something is a good idea and a viable idea, there's a reason for that instinct. And I think you shouldn't be afraid to pursue that. Absolutely. And you struggled with an imitation issue as somebody who was basically knocking off the product at one point. And I remember you saying that was that was something that almost deterred you. Yeah, that was early on. And I was I was really I had these four little kids. I I didn't have any help yet. I was working 20 hours a day. And one of the retail stores that I sold to They'd actually been a huge part of my business. They had a friend who ran a big pet company up in Connecticut, and they had the friend call me and he said, honey, I want to have a meeting with you, honey. And so honey went to the meeting and he said, honey, I'd like you to come work in my office up in Milton, Connecticut, and I want you to tell me who your suppliers are in China, and it's going to be great. You can blow this thing up all over the world, honey. But you have to sell oh, you're the rights to your, you have to sell your trademarks to me, honey. And so, honey went home feeling very <laughs> I think I know that type. I know that type yes. that calls you honey. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of rings so, a bell. <laughs> yes. Because you know, the guys who own the retail store had said, oh, she's a mom. You know, she's just a mom in Larchmont running this business. Right. So, honey went home and honey was very dejected. <laughs> <laughs> and I really felt like I didn't stand a chance. Like there was just no way that like, he was going to knock me off. Because he said, I'm going to knock you off. You can, you can do it the easy way and sell to me and license this to me and license your trademarks. Or I can just go knock you off. And so I was speaking to my father, a very matter-of-fact guy, and complaining. And, you know, I'll never, and he listened. And finally he said, it's a big country. Just get out there and sell. And that's when I decided, okay, I'll go down swinging. So I expanded from the one doormat I had into Love it. other colors. I developed a towel that has little hand pockets. And when you're manufacturing in China, it takes at least, well, now it takes like six months to get anything out of China. But then it took at least three or four months. So I knew I had a head start on him since I hadn't 
I hadn't told oh, him okay. where my factories were. And you did it. He, you did yeah. it. I'm and so, me. you know, we, we used to go before the pandemic, go around the country and see each other at trade shows all the time. And everything I did, every new product I introduced, he would copy and, you know. Well, you know what? You've created something. You believe in your product. I do. And in the end, that's when people will buy again, right? And and you you will continue to grow as you have been. So congratulations on that, Joe. So it's SoggyDoggyDoormat.com. Is that where we should be sending people? Should they also follow you on Instagram? What's the best place to learn more and obviously to buy? You can learn more on Instagram or Facebook. Okay. Soggy Doggy LLC. And the website is SoggyDoggyDoormat.com. And there's lots of information there about the full line of products, Buddy's story, the whole thing. And wait, do you have some pictures of Clyde on your Instagram page? I hope so. <laughs> oh, yes. Clyde is there and all his messy glory. Right. That's, I love it. I love it. Well, this was so much fun. I'm so glad we finally did this. Thank you for taking the time to walk us through your journey. It's amazing. And I'm, I'm, I'm super impressed with what you've achieved. Well, thank you. You are listening to Bucketless Careers. I'm your host, Crystal Laurie. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, please write me a review. You can do that at Apple, Spotify, or on my website, bucketlesscareerspodcast.com. Be well. An ironic media production. Visit us at ironicmedia.com.